Welcome back. Another episode of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. Beautiful, beautiful. Randy Rhodes right there. Oh, Randy's classic, dude. Here we go. Everybody bang their head, man. Bang your head, dude. All right. We're going to go back to the... So right to the start of the 80s here with 1980, back to Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Mad Man. All right, uh, man. Cover some Ozzy Osbourne, the Randy Rhodes years. Yes. First two albums, solo two after albums. Black Sabbath. I can't wait. This is awesome. This is killer, man. I've been uh, so excited, dude. This Doing my homework brought back so many good, good, fun memories of how much I love these albums, man. Oh, yeah. They're killer. They're They're, they're killer. Um, business. All right. At bigtalkcg.podcast on Instagram. Bigtalkcg at gmail.com. At bigtalkcg. Is it dot? Twitter. Po- uh, Twitter, right? No, but dot podcast. Yeah, it was too, too long of a title. Okay. At bigtalkcg <laughs> on Twitter. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Haven't been on the Twitter in a little bit. Um, I'm on all the time. You're, you're, yeah, I know you are. Yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to talk about? I got something here for you. I'm going to tell you about something. Yeah, right here. yeah. What's going on with with the countries, man? What's you going ready? on? Yeah, give it to me. You ever heard of New Caledonia? No, you haven't, and no one else has either. <laughs> but, but they've heard of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. Yes. <laughs> yes. So New Caledonia, <clears throat> new to the nation, is a, if I remember correctly. French, a group of islands, territory owned by the okay, French, cool. right down there cool. by Australia, New Zealand. All right. God, I love it, dude. Puerto Rico, bringing the noise. El Salvador, bringing the noise. Yeah. Um, you know, United Kingdom is strong. They United love Kingdom us. is. They love us, man. They love us, and we love them. Yeah. Well, we can find a place to stay. Maybe we could go over there and record from someone's living Hopefully room. Hopefully in a castle, bro. Ooh. Now we're talking. Castle? Yeah. yeah. There we go. That'd be fun. Yeah. Never been in a real castle. Me Magic either. Castle doesn't count. How about I've never been there either. How so. about the Hearst Castle? What's the Hearst Castle? There is um, a millionaire in the 70s built a, um, a house uh, up north, kind of mid-California, mid um, and did like a castle for himself. He just built, you know, castle in... He didn't know what to do with it, so he turned it. After he passed away, he turned it into like a a tourist attraction. Hearst Castle, check it out. Hmm. We I did may, a lot of that. I may, when, I may have. We to. did a lot of that when we were younger. Like we'd go camping to Pismo, and it's not too far from Pismo, and you know we'd go to the California Mid State Fair and shit like that, dude. Good stuff, man. Love it, love it. Yeah. What else you want to talk? Anything else you want to talk right, about? Man, you want right, to get right, right so you talked about other countries, man. How is still Canada in there? Is still America Canada's, in there? Canada, Canada, what the is still turnt? <laughs> Canada's turnt. Um, what about uh, the United States? Any new uh, uh, states coming you know in our we, in our realm? We are. Um, we're not every state, but we're 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 more than fifty. We're more than fifty percent. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we're. We're killing. We're it, taking dude. over we're America. We're 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 taking over the United States of America. Are we ready to go we're on making, the road? <laughs> we're making America big talk again. Yeah, make America big talk. 
And, uh, you know, I, Texas came on strong here. Um, D.C., Carolina, North Carolina, Washington, obviously California, where we're from. Um, man, Virginia, Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, Michigan, Massachusetts, Ohio, Colorado, Missouri, Tennessee, Maryland, Minnesota, New Mexico, Alabama, Indiana, Nevada, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Utah, Wisconsin, and the great state of unknown. <laughs> that was a good one. Great wow, state dude. of unknown. That's 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 a nice That's killer. That is super killer. Uh, so if we don't talk about America a lot, guys, thank you anyways, because you know we're we're we love America, but when we see other countries it just baffles us and we're so giddy that you know other countries are listening to us we still uh, are we still big in japan yet no not godzilla still not rules japan. he's ruling that place he's crushing it he's <laughs> he's crushing japan we'll get to we'll get to japan we're coming he, after you japan he's crushing it all right you know you really can't let's get into it Got and it. you know you really can't talk about ozzy unless you know go back to the beginning uh you know i, I think that probably in the future we're gonna do a black sabbath kind of episode cool. or, or couple but i think you know we got to touch on it. i think everybody knows and if you don't know he was the singer from black sabbath um from england um had that dark ominous sound coming on in their first yeah album. definitely Get, uh a little more radio friendly but still dark on a you know paranoid, paranoid. going forward yeah a little more accessible but man he um he had he had a a, a great voice um for uh what that band was doing fit right in on that band and you know they sold millions and millions of records yeah i don't know what else we could say about them um at least just what, without going into the depth so I mean. so um uh, but they had like seven albums for the aussie i think so something like that that i can the exact did, number if you want me to yeah i think they did like seven and then i think this was about 1979 they just decided to kick Ozzy out. Um, you know, he Ozzy at the time was had a, a lot of drug and alcohol problems and the band just made a decision to, you know, hey, we need a new singer and booted Ozzy out. Well, yeah, it was um they were all into drugs. They were all into alcohol and they, they said that basically Osborne you're worse than everyone else in the band and yeah. that's kind of what it came to. And it was it was um Iomi's really insistence you know then then butler and ward kind of backed him up april 27th was the day he was actually kicked out 1979 79 right um excessive substance use you know compared to the other members that's the actual reason and uh um and osborne to this day claims that his drug use and alcohol consumption at that time was neither better nor worse than the other members yeah so hmm. wasn't it that after this happened in 79 ozzy went like on a on a three-month bender after oh, yeah. he got his money yeah. and just kind of just lived the crazy life of you know um i think he said he went to a hollywood hotel and just yep. kind of three months full of wine women and song and you know drugs and he didn't he, i heard that he didn't feel that he was he was going to make music again and he just kind of knew that he was on a downward spiral dude everything you said correct is correct yeah. um when he got kicked out they gave, they paid him 96,000 pounds you know for his share of the yeah. name of a black sabbath, black sabbath. And he just yeah 3 months coke booze and he was like that's it for me you know he thought he was going to go back and you know uh 
Bird go back to Birmingham and you know work in the slaughterhouse yeah, or, exactly. or do some shit like that, and uh, you know, you, you know, eventually things uh, turned around for him. Don Arden signed him to Jet Records. You know, he hadn't even done any solo material, but they were thinking, hey, maybe this guy can do something for us. Didn't didn't his uh, daughter Sharon pick him? Like, they said, you know what? I'll take over Ozzy. I'll- at this point, not yet. Okay. Later, later on, but not at this point when he got first signed. Um, his but, daughter was just a secretary for her father. At that point, there was no, like, she was taking over anything. Uh, but I think Aussies. she still believed in him, well, right? Yeah, that, but that, there, were, there was nothing more but a bit than a business relationship at that point. Oh, yes. No, no, no. We're talking about, yes, we're talking about a business relationship. But, but it was Don Arden's. Okay. Uh, he still brought up. That he brought him he in. He brought and, him uh, in. Yeah, um, and then. They brought him to L.A. And, you know. And they started to say, let's start forming something. Did to, you know that. They attempted to name his band Son of Sabbath. No, I didn't know that. He said no, which was a great decision on his point. Son of I, Sabbath. I was, thought the name that they came up with was Blizzard of Oz. Like that was, that was the name, that, yeah, the that tentative was name of when the band started. You know, like, we're not going to call it Ozzy's. He's not going to do a solo album. He's going to start another band, and we're going to call it the Blizzard of yeah. Oz. They wanted to initially name it Son of Sabbath. <laughs> um, Sharon attempted to convince Osborne to form a supergroup and get uh, Gary Moore, who played with uh, Thin oh. Lizzy, one of my favorite bands of yeah. all time. Um, but Gary Moore was just not really, wasn't his thing. He just was like, nah, I'm not, that's not it. I'm not going to do it. You know, they, they played some together. He went and auditioned for him and all that kind of stuff, but just kind of ultimately decided that, you know, that's not really the thing for me. To, to I heard do. that they had um, a line of, guitarist in Hollywood that they decided to, you know, pick young talent and just, you know, line up them up and Ozzy would come in and start just listening to some guys, you know, they would come warm up or he was going to jam with a few. And, um, that's when, you know, Randy kind of popped up in the picture and basically Randy just needed to plug in his amp. And he, and he said he brought his little plastic, he not a plastic, his practice amp, and started to fiddle, you know, like I'm just warming up. And he started, you know, jamming. And that's all Ozzy needed to hear was mm. this. Hey, um, did you know who told Randy who to come and uh, audition? I'm going to say it was Kevin DeBro. No, it was Dana Strum. Oh, I didn't know from that. From Slaughter. So he was, I guess, a musician that played around Hollywood and knew some of the guys. And somehow they knew Ozzy. And uh, they decided to, you know, they knew about Randy and they said, hey, man, check this out. Because kind of Quiet Riot was a little bit in limbo. Like they weren't getting signed. They weren't, they were a rising star in the young part of the 79, 80s. But they just didn't get signed or get the recognition they they wanted. So Randy played with the idea of, hey, you know what, I'll I'll do this. And, uh, you know for Randy going in and just doing a little practice thing. He said right on the spot, Ozzy said, this is the guy that I want. Yeah. And couldn't have made a better choice. Oh man. No. What was he? 22 at the time? Yes. 22. Young guy. Killer dude. Yeah. He's killer. He's, no one talks about him. Yeah. Nobody talks about him. Randy Rhodes, dude. But we're going to talk about him a lot. Oh yeah. Um, and if you guys don't know, if you have Prime TV, there's a good documentary on Randy Rhodes. So if you guys have Prime TV, check it out. It's a free documentary or documentary will play for you if you if you have that. Check it out. It's really good. So uh, 
eventually they did form, like you had said, Greg, band called the Blizzard of Oz with two Zs in Blizzard and Oz, double Z, double Z. Yeah. Drummer uh, Lee Kerslake from mm-hmm. Uriah Heep. Bob Daisley of Rainbow. He also played in Uriah Heep later on. Um, Don Airy was a keyboardist of Rainbow and later Deep Purple. And Randy Rhodes. Um, it's, you know, a lot of, I mean, if you guys are familiar with Ozzy, you, we're going to get into it also about, you know, the, the songwriting credits and, and, and all that kind of stuff that happened early on in the career. Yes. But really, you know, Bob Daisley um, and Randy Rhodes uh, really were the, the key songwriters. Daisley, probably the most of it. Um, we'll get into that later, talking about some of these songs. All right. We'll, sounds we'll, good. We start playing them. Um, yeah, dude. So that first album came out was Blizzard of Oz. So. I was reading when I was doing my research that when Blizzard of Oz came out, that that was a consensus. That's the name of the band. Yes. Ozzy Osbourne's name will not be put above the band. But then they released the first single, and Ozzy Osbourne's name was bigger than Blizzard of Oz. So it was the record company kind of pulled a little one over on, on the rest <laughs> of the band. But I think it was in the best entrance, you know, everybody knowing that Ozzy Osbourne was there. Oh, shit, Ozzy Osbourne. Anybody listens to rock and roll know that he was in Black Sabbath. So I think yeah. that was smart for them to do, even if the band didn't want that. I think that that was definitely smart for them to do. Um, Blizzard of Oz. Let us let let me let me click on over to here. Deet, 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 deet. Where do I have it? Here we go. Released September 12th, 1980 in the U.K., um, March 27th, 81 in the U.S. Nice. Uh, th- th- that match up with you? Yes. All right, just making sure. Yeah, I did hear that, that it was released in the U.K. first, which if you think about it, that's the that one of the better things they, they probably wanted to do was let's get Ozzy named because he's probably bigger in the U.K. than he is in America. So let's start off there, mm-hmm. see how it goes, and then we'll bring it back to America. Yeah. And other than Randy, who... Randy was the only one from America, right? He was from Santa Monica, originally Santa Monica, but then, you know, came to the valley here in Burbank, which is really where he's known to be from. But yeah, he was originally from Santa Monica. Yeah. yeah. So Bob or or Lee were not from America, correct? If I remember correct, you know what? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to say no, because if they, you know, play with Uriah Heap and Rainbow, that's probably... You're probably a safe bet to say yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So what's uh what's new? What, what are you clicking on? What are we um, up to, what are we up to? I'm not clicking on anything yet, but you know we are gonna Whoa, geez, Louise. Sorry guys. We got a little we, we got a little more high tech in our setup here, dude. <laughs> we're still getting used to it. We're adding new equipment all the time to the state of the art. State <laughs> Big Talk <laughs> recording studio. Yes. We spare no expense. We I spare like no it. expense. You know what we're gonna do? Let's start let's um Oh man, I almost made a big blunder right there. Yeah. Let me go back here. Yeah, no blunders on this episode, Chris. Here we go. Here we go. This is all live. All right. Here we go. Blizzard of Oz, lead off track. I don't know. Awesome. This is a great way to start an album, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this this is killer right here. I mean, all of these all of these tracks are every single one of them that we're going to listen to today on both these albums are amazing. They're all great. Uh, 
I had so much fun listening to these albums. I must have listened to them like ten times each. Uh, same here, I, dude. I, same back here, to back, man. Back to back, back to back, back yeah, to back. Yeah, it was great. No skipping, all the just so much fun and excitement, dude. I was definitely early teens when I heard this, and you know, I think I wanted to say, I think I purchased Diary before I went back and hit Blizzard. I think I got I was Blizzard first, not at the time it came out. Yeah, but no, I, I, I think that I listened to Blizzard yeah, first. Yeah, like you knew some songs and then you went back. I back. mean, you see Crazy Trains on this album, you're like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll check that one yeah. out first. But yeah, I think this is a great song to start off with, man. And this is um, Ozzy and uh, Bob are talking about um, that Ozzy. I don't know is more of like a confused. Like uh, uh, Ozzy was confused. When he would talk about, you know, Ozzy, what do you want to do? What do you want to write? And he would always, I don't know. And then, you know. What, <laughs> what was that? He, I was trying to do an, a British. Are you still stuck it, in Japan or what? Dude? No, what not, was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? Okay, I won't make any voices. <laughs> That's more Ozzy. Oh, okay. You know, Ozzy was uh, confused and depressed at the time, so when they, when they were writing lyrics, he just said, he kept on saying, you know, Ozzy, what do you think about this? What about that? And he was I don't know. So they kind of just started making some fun and started, you know, we're going to throw that in, in one of the songs. And lo and behold, it came out a rock and roll jam, man. Yeah, dude, this, it's, this is killer right here. You know, Randy Rose. Yeah, I know, dude. Just these small little breakdowns. Just a whole different element. You know, it's a total departure from what Black Sabbath was, you know, down-tuned and dark and gloomy. And and Randy Rhodes' playing brought a real brightness to the music. And I really think it did great things for for Ozzy. Oh, definitely, dude. Totally on this, man. All right, you ready to go to the next track, or? Oh, yeah, dude, start me off, All man. Right, let's go. This is probably the most known oh, oh, track of this f- album, by far, well, off of this album. Uh, even even when you when you talk about Ozzy himself, yeah. people think of Crazy Train, you know? That's the kind of what you, Ozzy Osbourne, oh, Crazy Train? Yeah, yeah, I like that song. You know, it's, how many times have we heard this we're watching football games, you know, on I was at a I was at the Dodger Stadium and they you know let's get crazy get on the crazy train with the Dodgers and I was like what is that Ozzy on the screen that kind of shit man here we go I I, I was had talked about it earlier you know they they the band called itself Blizzard of Oz and um they went to pl- a play um uh some festival the Reading Festival in eighty. And they were billed simply as Ozzy Osbourne's new band. Oh, <laughs> that w- that was it, dude. Oh uh, man! Uh, and when the album got released, the words Ozzy Osbourne were in bigger print than Blizzard of Oz. It made it look like Ozzy call. It was an Ozzy album called Blizzard of Oz, right? Um, Randy Rose just was like, whatever, dude. I just want to play. You know, he's one of those. Well, he really was one of those uh, guys. He was okay, a quiet so, guy. I mean, he wrote the music, so he's yeah. he's got that credit on that yeah. and stuff like that. Do you, hear, do you know anything uh, specific about this song? I I don't have uh, much specific about this song, but if you would like to go ahead and go on, go sure. on and talk so about it. Bob and Randy um, were talking. Both of them said that when they were both younger, they were both into trains. Trains, yes. And I remember that. So, and he, uh, uh, Bob told Randy, you know, let's, let's kind of get a, 
a sound and or he was you know going hey what about this riff and he goes oh i like it you're a little faster it kind of sounds like a locomotive and they're like oh, okay yeah it sounds great and then they were talking about trains and doing stuff and then they go oh, this is kind of like a let's you know it's ozzy so let's make it like a crazy train and that's how they got the title mm-hmm. for it and then they started to go on we're like this is great so then when they brought ozzy in to look over some of the lyrics he changed a few things and said a few different things but bob was most of the uh, mostly the songwriter which we'll definitely find out over this episode but he was kind of like yeah let's just let's just go crazy and you know this is kind of how we like it and they kind of liked it they you know so it's kind of stuck and you know as we know ozzy went crazy and you know uh, that's one of his things oh ozzy osbourne he's crazy one of his songs crazy train it kind of just works well with it dude yeah it's kind of cool crazy train was the first single released in september of 1980 but you know what Let's listen to the solo. Oh, yeah. How can you not air guitar, Chris? I I know, dude. It's... It's... It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) And you know what? It's funny because... Obviously, uh, we've listened to this so much over and over and over again. So, I, I you know, like I've said before, I've, when I, you listen to a piece of music so many times, you start trying to listen to different things. And when I listen to a lot of these songs, my I start listening for the bass line in all of these songs. Because oh, I'm going to tell you what, dude, okay. Bob Daisley's bass line in all of these is amazing, dude. It's just you gotta listen with the headphones. You can't hear. You're not gonna hear that much, you know, oh, in your yeah, car. But in your car, when you're like during that whole solo, you could hear the bass line just going. It's like, dude, that's that's what I was hearing. I was listening to that, not the solo. I know the solo's killer. I've heard it a hundred times. And I was listening to that bass line, dude. It's badass, dude. All that's these songs, killer. the bass line's badass. Yeah. Um, released September 80, uh, 1980. Um, it charted um, in 1981, mainstream rock at number nine, and in number 80, UK shingles chart at 40. Got it. Nine. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Goodbye to romance. Great, beautiful, beautiful song. And, and from what I uh, know and read, this had to do with, with the departure from Black Sabbath. Correct. Goodbye to romance. Um, a great time of his life. A love of his life. Yeah, obviously. love of his life. Black Sabbath and being a part of that band and creating that band and then having to kind of let it go and goodbye saying goodbye yeah ozzy was saying that he wasn't sure when he was making this album that he could make it make an album without black sabbath and he definitely found you know two or four two or three other guys that said no way dude let's rock and you know let's we can do this let's come out with some stuff and oh yeah obviously they did and this was this is also is i never thought about it being a, a song Ozzy wrote to Black Sabbath, you know, Goodbye to Romance. I always thought it was more a romantic song, but then, you know, looking at the lyrics and reading them, and I could see it was definitely a love mm-hmm. song to Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. Just just saying goodbye to, like, the the love of your life yeah. kind of a thing, and it was yeah. the, the band of Black Sabbath in that time in his life. He kind of had to say goodbye to that. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, beautiful song, beautiful ballad. Um, Great guitar playing by Randy Rhodes and uh, 
I, I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. It's, can't it's get a great song, man. You know what? Let's go. All right. right. Move on. I'm ready. Mm. Mm. This is a little acoustic solo that Randy Rhodes wrote for his mother. Yeah. 49 seconds of love for his mother. Yeah, dude. It's it's pretty killer. And I know on a lot of re-releases, they've released some outtakes yeah. or, or, and stuff like that. You know, a couple other versions of, of this and whatnot. But, man, it's... It's great. It's so nothing you would think would be on this. But Ozzy said, no, Randy wants it on. It's going on. He yeah. fought for it to be on here. So, yeah. You know um, Randy's mother's name? Deborah? Dolores. Dolores. Just see, my mom will like this. All right. Love it. Yeah. Right into number five, Suicide Solution. Damn. The controversial song of the album. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, this one, this one, you want, what do you go ahead and talk about? This? Well, I was going to say, you know, Ozzy and Bob, when they wrote this, man, it was, they, it was supposed to be like the dangers of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like drinking yourself to death. You know, a warning, like, you know, don't drink yourself to death. You know, Suicide is Slow by Liquor. Um, Ozzy and Bob said they wrote this um, with Bon Scott in mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they decided to do it. Who was the first singer for ACDC that Correct. Sorry. basically drank himself to death? Yeah. You know, Bob also wrote, he said that when he was writing some of his lyrics, he said he also had Ozzy in mind Oh yeah. for this time because, you know, Ozzy was drinking himself crazy and he, he would see it and said, you know, he told him, hey man, you're, you're going to die too, like, you know, if you drink yourself to death. But... You know, the idiots that are out there, the PMRC, and people will say, oh, Suicide Solution. Oh, you're telling me to drink myself to death. You're telling me mm-hmm. if I do suicide, it, that's the solution. And, and it was like, no. Yeah, it wasn't Damn meant as like a solution. Like the answer was like suicide solution as in the solution is like a liquid. Yeah. Like dummies. Uh, so this actually... Uh, Controversy was uh, most notably from the 1984 suicide of John McCollum, who shot himself. Right. Um, they, uh, the parents alleged, you know, that the song told him to do it, encouraged his self-destructive behavior, behavior, and you know, citing the lines, uh, "Wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker," and you know, things like that. And and you know, it was fine. It was eventually dismissed on the grounds of the First Amendment that he could, you know, say whatever he wants. But he was never yeah. saying any of that stuff. You know, you know, at all. You know, it says that's, it says like shoot, 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 shoot yourself. You know, it, th- get the gun, shoot yourself. No, th- th- it doesn't say that. But just what people interpret it, Actually, right? Actually, I, I think mean, this is the part right here. So that I believe is the part that they said where he's saying, "Get the gun, shoot, shoot, shoot." But it isn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel it, like Chris. No, uh, but maybe I'm smart enough to know that you know. Yeah, it was a song about. Maybe maybe there was something else that, that that we need to look into with this gentleman besides right? that. You know, is it any coincidence that this song is four minutes and twenty seconds? <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's a coincidence. Okay, <laughs> they did editing. 
All right, let's go. Let's All go to right. the next song. Let's go. Mr. Crowley. Damn. The second single of this album released in 81. I don't have an exact date. Not even a month here for this. No. What was the keyboard's name you said that was the studio musician? Um, It's right here. I got it. It is Don Airy. So they, when they were writing this song... Don told like the guys in the band, like, you know, go to have a cigarette break and come back like in 30, 35, 40 minutes. And he came in and did this keyboard instrumental. Like they kind of gave him ideas, but he came in and came back, you know, after 30 minutes later on, he started to play this. And it was just like the guys in the band were like, this is how you fucking start this song, you know, yeah. especially because it's, it's, you know, evil sounding and, you know, the keyboards. And this is just rad, man. Yeah. And we go into Mr. Crowley, which, you know, which is a British, you know, I, I have this practitioner of the black magic. Yeah. Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley, um, known as the wickedest man alive. Ooh. I know. Um, Jimmy Page based some of Led Zeppelin's covers on him. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. He was like all about the black magic, the occult. Dad was a little brush and maybe some Satanism a little bit, but he was definitely on the darker side of things. Yeah. Um, this this song also brought um, Ozzy his satanic satanic image, you know, because other songs you're thinking, oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know and Crazy Train, and then they, they bring this as their second single and people just lost it. Lost it, it, but ate it up like, oh my God, Ozzy's the devil. And you're like, and he's like, no, I just, you know, Bob wrote this song and we're kind of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Bob also wrote the lyrics on it. He said, I wanted to look at it as if I was asking or questioning Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, some of the songs like, you know, asking him questions and doing that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, man, that's pretty good. You know, like, what, what, what are you thinking, Aleister Crowley? And are asking him, interviewing him. And, you know, the song is definitely a big hit. It, it's awesome. I know my wife, when I was doing my homework, she said that when she was a kid, she loved this song, you know, by Ozzy, because we were, I was playing a little bit of it. And she was like, oh, my God, Greg, I love this song. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's bitching. It's just different. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's badass. This is a great song, man. Let's go to the next one. All right. No bone movies. Yeah, I've heard differing stories on this. Do you want me to just tell both of them? Yeah, sure. I heard one version of this, both having to do with porn. One version of this is that the guys in the band saw a word like on together, and a porn movie was on or something. And they were just like, "Oh, this is kind of like eh, I don't like this." So then they called, said, "Okay." They wrote a song called No Bone Movies. Like bone, <laughs> like no bone movies. We don't want to see bone movies. <laughs> I've also heard another version of this song was written because Sharon told Ozzy, when you're away, no watching any porn. No bone movies. Uh, no watching those. And so that's another way, a version of how I've heard this uh, song come about. What, nice. Have you heard either of those? Or? Uh, similar. It was just like, you know, the, um, the guys would... Uh, Randy would say that these movies, uh, pornographic movies, were like boner movies. 
mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, do you know this is the only track the drummer Lee uh, Kerslick co-wrote? I did know that. Yeah. yeah. This is that. I was kind of surprised at that. I go, mostly Bob and Randy wrote, you know, all the songs and most of the lyrics. You know, Ozzy helped on some of the, the filling in on the lyrics. and then <laughs> We don't need to get in on that. Okay. Yeah. I guess maybe as good now is a good a time as any. I mean, I've, I've heard that he got writing credits for songs where he wasn't even involved. And some of these songs, uh, um, I don't know, No Bones Movie or maybe it's Revelation. One of these that they kind of put together on the run. They were doing it during audition, like sound checks and all this kind of stuff. And they were just kind of forming the band and fiddling around and he'd be passed out and stuff like that and they'd write a song but he's Aussie he gets writing credits yeah and you know for you know from what I've heard on some of his later stuff even you know he's kind of locked everyone out of getting any writing credits on any stuff and it's like I mean I think anybody with a sane mind would know Aussie cannot write the drums the keyboard the guitar the bass the vocals for all of these songs it's just not happening just yeah just I think if you're joining his band, you just kind of give it up. Okay. You know, Ronnie James Dio kind of did that, I believe. He kind of took a lot of the writing credits, you know, saying, hey, you know, there's an opportunity for you to play for me or with me on my albums. Yeah. yeah I think he kind of did a little bit of that. I don't know to what extent, um, but I know that Ozzy did. But, you know, it's nice to see that these people did get all their credits. I mean, Bob Daisley really, I mean, honestly, chief songwriter for these first two albums. oh yeah that's that's um, um and then randy Rhodes number two and then ozzy three yeah in that order of how much they really contributed to yes these i agree with as that. far as writing the music yeah. all right man let's go to the next song let's move on revelation mother earth yeah hey you know what what let's oh. talk about let's talk about this all right yeah so i just i decided you know every time I get together with Chris. I like to bring different stuff we don't normally drink. So we don't really drink when we're recording. We don't drink Coors Light or Heineken or anything good like that. <laughs> Heineken? <laughs> Heineken's gross. Okay. I just threw oh, beers yeah. out there. Anyways, I decided to Buck-ho- treat. Buckhorn and Olympia? Yeah. Maybe some hams? Yeah. There you go. That sounds like more like us. But I decided to treat Chris to Wild Barrel Brewing Company, Prince of Dankness. Yeah. This is a definitely a double Indian pale, um, just killer. Sixteen ounces. Was it eight eight point four yeah, percent is, alcohol? This is a double IPA, dude. It is eight point four percent. The Prince of Dankness. Yeah. From Wild Barrel Brewing Company. We're definitely gonna have to tag these guys, dude. This shit is legit. Yeah, this is this awesome. Is so it it had a lot of like um. Hints of like rosebuds when I was drinking it, you know. It really, this is, it's for being, you know, uh, a double India Pale Ale, it's definitely smoother than some of them uh, that I've had. This is awesome. So, this song I was reading up on uh, um, is Ozzy's version of The World is Crumbling, you know, Empires Are Falling. He says, no one seems to be taking care of the ch- of of the world, and the children of the world of today should, you know, change their ways and save the earth, or you know, do it from collapsing, you know, because it's you know, on a downward spiral, that kind of stuff. And I could see that, you know what I mean? It's it it has a feel to it of, you know, uh, the environmentalist side of these guys or something. <laughs> That's kind of what I yes. take away from it. Whatever they meant from it, I kind of take it as like, you know. 
Mother Earth, you know, you, there's a revelation that, that you, if we don't take care of her, that we're going to end up perishing. Um, Mother Earth will always survive. She'll always go on. It may take millions and millions of years, but we'll be gone. So yeah. we need to take care of it while we're here. That's kind of what I get from this song. Like, No, no, you're right. Like, I really do. I'm not trying to preach. It's like <laughs> the first time I heard it, and even now, that's what I take away from I, it. I really think the solo on this album is just amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, Randy just... When I, and this is one of those deep cuts if you really don't, you know, never really played on the radio. But, you know, if you have the album, you know that this is killer. And I'm I'm hearing all kinds of keyboards, yep. all kinds of sounds that are not really on the forefront of the music. But on this song and the you way that it a lot seems, of depth, a lot of depth, uh, texture. There you go. Um, substance, you know, just a lot of you know, little treats for your ears. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. So we're going to leave you guys. You guys got to go ahead and, 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 and find that solo for yourself. Go ahead and pick up the album Blizzard of Oz. Listen to the solo. It's amazing. All right. Next song, Steal Away the Night. Yeah. This is actually the uh, last song here on this, uh, on the album. On the album? Nine. Nine tracks. 39 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, this is a good. This is a good. Look. See, hear that bass line in there, dude. Yeah, I, I was just. You really gotta um, get the headphones on. You gotta turn it up. You hear that? Yeah. You can hear it back there, dude. It's killer, dude. Um, let's talk some. Let's get factoidal. All right. I know. I know the nation loves the factoids. Yeah, definitely, dude. Loves the factoids. Um. Peaked at number eight in Canada, number seven in the UK, and the US peaked at number 21. Um, here's something weird. In 86, it peaked at 47 in New Zealand. So that's gonna be like what five be a five-year anniversary, and I don't see anything about any kind of re-release, and they wouldn't do a re-release at that no, point. No, not that point, huh? Um, Crazy Train, Mr. Crowley were the two singles. Crazy Train UK charted at 49, Mainstream Rock at 9 in the US. Um, Mr. Crowley charted the UK singles, went to 46. Now here's where it gets serious. Album sales. Oh, um, yeah. Australia went gold, 35,000. Canada, cool. platinum, 100,000. UK, silver, 60,000. Um, then in UK, the 2011 re-release, which we can brush over, also sold 60,000. United States, five times platinum. Five million copies this album is sold. This is a serious fucking business here, dude. That's right, a lot man. of records, dude. Yeah, that is, man. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, honestly, when I started reading this, I was thinking like, you know, two, three million, I was thinking. And then when I, I was actually surprised to see five million. I was actually surprised. I, to see I'm that not much. because of how big Crazy Train is now. You know what I mean? I mean, you could get like the kid, like I said, if it's not in video games, if it's not on the, if on the football stadium. Come on, when you go to football stadium, you got what sixty thousand people. I've only been to one football game, and it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> they probably played it, dude. <laughs> All right. Like I said, I don't usually take the city bus, but when I do. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. I take it. It's the crazy train to the Super Bowl. Um, All right. Hey, uh, um, 
Do you, uh, we can, you want to give me the bonus? Let me, let me hear the bonus song. Now, the bonus song to me was. Well, which, what, 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 I got the. I, I have. I, got the, you, I have the you, super extended version with all the live tracks. Do you want me to skip to you looking at me? Yes. Okay. Bonus track. So you're talking about the 2011 um, expanded bonus track that had you looking at me, looking at you, and then had a good uh, by romance remix, and then the R and R. Yeah. So this song I thought was a good. I remember hearing it. I don't know if it was the greatest hits or one of like the Ozman is cometh. They they put it on there, and I thought you can definitely hear Randy's guitar work. And I thought this was a fun song that should have been added. Oh yeah, from this because yeah. and I thought it could have been a single too because it's really almost poppy, you know. But it it does have a a fun you look like you're at a concert. You're like looking at me. Looking at you, and it's kind of like, whoa, shit, man! Like, yeah, you know, you know you're right. When this he would a, sing into the audience, this is radio friendly. Yeah, this is radio friendly. This is ready to hit. In the, I mean, listen to it here for a second. Maybe the top, maybe not the top forty, but you know, playing on there. I like. I really dig it, and that, and I was, I was happy to talk about it today when, like, when we put it on because it's just a fun, fun Aussie song. Yeah. Um, to add it on there, and you can definitely tell Randy's influence and Bob's. Um, just, you know, having a you good know what, fun time. If you time. listen to it here, you can, you can hear the bass in the background. Listen for a second. Let me yeah. turn it up a little bit. And it's not. Yeah, you hear the bump, bump, yeah. bump, but then you hear the boom, boom. He's like, he, he's killing it, dude, with the with the um, um, the uh. Sorry, guys. He's yeah, killing it right. with the bass. All right, man. I I love it. You know it. what? Is I want to go ahead and I want to listen to the R and R outtake. Okay, cool. This is just a little outtake, little Randy Rhodes solo that you know they recorded in Ozzy when he heard. It. I think this is when this was something he had never heard before. And when they were doing this uh, bonus track, she actually can go to YouTube and see his reaction the first time he hears it. He's like, "Holy fucking shit! It's killer." Yeah, it's definitely killer, man. Yeah. Randy had a style of this, man. You know, um, in the documentary I was talking about earlier, um, they said when Quiet Riot was just about to get um, a record release album or have their album signed, he says that there was a rivalry between Van Halen and Quiet Riot. You know, he said sometimes you'd see David and, and Eddie in the audience checking out randy or checking out you know what, what these guys are up to um of course we all know that you know van halen stepped it up and oh, yeah. became the monster that they are you know and quiet riot kind of uh you know made a good mark on the, the heavy metal world you know but it wasn't with love randy it. but randy made his mark love it with love it, love it, with love ozzy it. you know for that. Let's, um, start, let's start the next album yeah man. let's start the next album you know you heard a little snip right there um, so that was it for Blizzard of Oz, uh, the debut album from Ozzy Osbourne. But yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go to Diary of a Madman, released November 2nd, 1981. Later in the same year for the U.S., it was March 27th, November 2nd, same year. So was that like eight months apart? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, yeah, I want you to play some rock and roll. I was going to tell you. So I, I heard in the documentary that Sharon said... After they did touring, 
after they released, you know, Mr. Crowley and things were good, the record company said, you know, things are going so well. Do you think you guys can pull another album out like ASAP? And so she talked to the guys in the band, talked to Ozzy. And then next thing you know, he said these guys did it in 30 days. They pulled this out of there. This album is killer. And this is another killer. Uh, uh, it's a classic. This album this is, so is a classic. So good. Man. And underrated. Yeah. No one talk, Everybody talks about Blizzard. Everybody, you know, kind of uh, then goes straight to like, you know, the Zach Wilde years. It kind of seems like, man, this album, Diary of a Madman, is killer. Yeah. It's... I honestly, I like it better than Blizzard of Oz. I think there's there's more depth to it. It's more diverse. Randy Rhodes definitely stepped up his 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 playing, the diversifying his playing, became a better player. This obviously the song runs a little better. And I'm surprised you said they did it in 30 days because it just seems like a better album in all those. Well, you ways. know what? Once because he says the album was written by. Uh, Bob and Randy and Ozzy and and Lee at the time. He says that you know they put all like the good, you know, put them put the songs together, got it done there. But when they did in production, uh, uh, that's when kind of things started to fall apart a little bit. And that's when when they went decided to tour for this album when it was released. That's when they kind of took Bob and Lee and you just said, hey, you know, we're we're not working anymore and kind of. Pushed Which him off to the side and brought in brought in Ru, uh, Rudy Sarzo and you know Tommy, Tommy Aldridge. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, so Rudy well, and Tommy didn't get credit for writing our, uh, the album, but you know when they're on tour, all you see is is yeah the four they of them. they were um, and this was a massive they were in, on the, all the album they were all over on the album yeah and all the um, pictures all the pictures, all the, pictures all the, were all the Rudy and posters Tommy. and yep. all that yeah that kind of stuff because I don't remember ever seeing. You know Bob and Lee in any of the pictures uh, uh, that I remember on the magazines. You know, I know. Well, there you go with that. Um, well, I don't even think we said it. This is the first track here, "Diary of a Madman," track one, "Over the Mountain." Dude, this song is just—it's killer. Um, classic Randy Rhodes, classic Ozzy. Um, great way to open up an album um just an epic epic song and an epic four and a half minutes um you know uh, uh i love how i love during the solo they just, everybody stops you just get to hear randy dude it's just killing <laughs> it just like it's a like we're yeah. on a we're a machine we've come here to destroy yeah. and i love it they, they were talking about this song being like a a spirit outside of their body and just like traveling like you know i'm my spirit is traveling over the mountain yeah. type of yep that's feel exactly to it. the way and i always felt what, about it and that's what they got the feeling from this uh song i totally totally dig it man totally love it man um let's go to the second track on this album yeah let's go classic oh yeah Love this song. This is right up there uh, with, with Crazy Train as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, definitely. Um, flying High flying Again. Flying High Again. I mean, his title says it all. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you can easily figure this is about drugs. Yeah. He said about this, this was about drug use. Um, you know, the guys had a big discussion about it. And he says, um, Ozzy even 
um, got the idea because he was he had a discussion with somebody who was a I don't want to say a straight guy somebody who was not using drugs yeah he was not into the, that side with the drugs and alcohol I mean of course I mean you're gonna drink some beers and stuff but he wasn't at, at the level nearly as what anybody else was yeah doing. and then that's how he got he says so like you know Ozzy talks about the drug use and how this you know if you in the sense of smoking marijuana you would you know be high and flying high and how it just how it made him feel at the time and you know using drugs and stuff like that man so yeah he even sometimes during the concerts he would say all right everybody you know pull out your joints we're getting we're gonna fly high again and you know go into the song and stuff like that you know here just to kind of tell you you know that it seems like um man where did it go um how much these albums uh, are, are really great. You know, both of these right here, Blizzard of Oz was uh, ranked number 13 on the Guitar World's reader poll of the 100 greatest guitar albums wow, of all time. no way. And then Diary of a Madman was uh, ranked number 15th on um, what magazine was this? Rolling Stone as 15th at the 100 greatest metal albums of all time. So all right. you can just see right there, dude, both of these albums are on par with each other. I prefer this album a little bit better. I, I just like for the reasons I said before, we don't, you know, don't need to rehash all that. Although I will talk about it if I need to, uh, <laughs> to defend my decision. Uh, yeah, dude, this, this album is killer. You know, it was just like when we were listening to the Judas Priest, you had the British Steel, the Turbo, all that stuff. Yes. Um, but it was... Um, uh, the album after British Steel. Why is the name of it ex- escaping me right now? Uh, uh, good point, point of entry. Yes. How much I enjoyed listening to that. I was me like, oh, too. Man, this me great, too. Dude. Me too. I really went went back and felt. Yeah. And that's the same way I feeling about Diary of a Madman. I was like, oh my god, dude, this song is so. And I I probably listened to this one a little bit more just because I was enjoying it so much. Listen to that solo. Oh, you can't get away from this, man. This is so super killer, dude. All right, let's go. Next song, track three. All right. You can't kill rock and roll. You know, um, Ozzy said when he when uh, they were writing this, he said Ozzy wanted to take a, a stand against music censorship and how the critics always hated rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. They always put it down, like never. How, however good the album could have been, if a critic was like, you know, Rolling Stone or, you know, I don't want to say Hit Parade or, you know, Metal Edge because those guys loved not. it. <laughs> he says Cream or something like that. He said those guys would always put it down or put rock music down. So whatever, it's it's the Stones or it's the Beatles or anything. He said they well, never yeah, really... you know, uh, uh, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to. Um, you know, when it came out, this album was just not... It wasn't as accepted, you know, as yeah. a lot of the albums. Um, and just like I said, Rolling Stone said it was great when they come out in 2017. But when it originally came out, um, this is what they said... Uh, J.D. Constantine of Rolling Stone. This is what he said. The songs here are a little more than riffs with a vocal line passed on top and referred to Randy Rose as a junior league Eddie Van Halen, bustling with chops but somewhat short on imagination. Oh, man. That is the most... This fucker better not be alive today, dude, that man. is the... I don't even know if there's a word. That's the wrongest thing I've ever heard anybody say, <laughs> right? dude. What are you talking about, dude? See, because you put them on the same level for me for their ability to play. Right. But 
playing, anybody can play. It's their imaginative playing. It's their ability to come up with all these different techniques, sounds, riffs, right? songwriting. The way they play is so different than anybody else. You can get 100 guitar players to sound like someone, but Randy Rhodes sounds like Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen sounds like Eddie Van Halen, but you can get these other guys that are in bands that just sound that are replaceable. That's why you never notice when they're gone. When he, when Randy Rhodes passed, and Jakey e. Lee replaced him, it was a totally different guitar sound, and it, the albums were different. Yes, and that's what, unfortunately, is one of the marks of how great Randy Rhodes was. So whatever this guy was saying about how he was a junior league Eddie Van Halen dude is. is yeah, it's borderline. A, I'm not even gonna say borderline. It's disgusting. I can't even believe you would say yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost a big fuck you, man. We don't want to yeah. hear that shit. Yeah, it's, it's you fucking liar, man. Oh my god, dude, you just said that. Wow. It, you, oh my I mean, god. It, it pissed me off. Give I mean, me time. This is damp. This. <laughs> what are we? Jeez, 53 <laughs> minutes, dude. Greg is. Greg is cussing. Greg's let it go. Greg, let Greg's, it rip, Greg. Greg's enjoying this Prince of Dankness, man. Yeah. Uh, Cheers. Uh, her, open uh, that one up. Thank you, at? thank you, uh, Wild Barrel Brewing Company, <laughs> for unleashing the beast of Greg. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, rock and roll is my religion and my love. I love it, dude. Crack that open. It. What are you doing, man? I'm still drinking this one. Finish it up, man. All right. Cheers. I'll chug it. Cheers. Cheers to rock and roll. To rock and roll forever. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you can't kill rock and roll. I love it, dude. I would love to listen to this whole song, but it's seven minutes. Let's yeah, move no, on. We love it though. Believer. Yeah. Nice little bass here at the front. Little, yeah, it's eerie. Right? Listen That's to that. Little guitar sounds, little. Sounds like something you'd be playing on Halloween night from the speakers on your porch or Whoa, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this we song. We play this at the opening of our <laughs> Halloween, Halloween yeah, episode. You know, we're going to have another one of those. If you guys haven't heard it, uh, go ahead and check back. One of our first episodes was about Halloween. We did a two-parter, and yeah. boy, do we love it! It's yeah, fine. We can't wait to. We can't wait for the next year. Yeah, coming up. All right. You know this song. Excuse me, a little burp in here too. Is about self-empowerment. You know, having faith in yourself, believer. I love it, man. Oh yeah, they did this really good. Ozzy just, you know. This band is, was, like I said, they were they were running on all all four cylinders. Oh yeah, at this at this Five, time, man, because you know, they got you know all the, okay with the I mean, keyboard. Because a lot of this, like right here, yes, that's just there's that other that was the other part. Yeah, adds another layer of like, wh- what the fuck was that? You that's know, a, I just cr- like mm. at, uh, they were also saying that on on this tour, the Diary tour, he says that Ozzy decided to do kind of like a very iconic castle in a sense for their background i you know um, i read um rudy sarzo's autobiography about this the uh his time uh-huh. in, with, uh, with ozzy with ozzy and he talks about that uh tour and the stage you know how it was the big castles yeah. and all this kind of stuff and i guess apparently they the scale on the castles they like got they were supposed to be like this high, but they made them like three times bigger than they were supposed to be. You know, some spinal tap moment. And okay. He was like, oh my God. But man, it, I can't remember the name of the book. You know, maybe I'll put my headphones down here, run over and grab the book. It's on my bookshelf over there. But that Rudy Sarzo book, 
It is a really good book, encapsulates and really talks about someone who was there for every moment of this diary cool. of a madman tour. Yeah, you know I'm gonna go grab it quick. You know what? Ozzy was also saying that you know this tour is one of them that just was super big and super wild. He would um, at one point have a, a, a catapult, and he kind of went crazy and decided to put you know flesh and cow heads and animals and birds and chicken and then he would shoot it into the audience and every so often you know the first you know 10 people or 10 rows would be covered in red flesh of of animals and stuff like that and he said people were starting to throw back um different things and that's how the um thing with the the bat came about chris where somebody oh, yeah. Yeah. decided to throw a bat on stage Ozzy was so out of his mind he said oh I, I saw the bat I thought it was just like a rubber bat and I just wanted to show people I was going to bite it but here in the end it it was real and I, I I took a bite and next thing you know for the next three or four weeks I had to have rabies shots every night you know because you know that the bats carry you know rabies which we all know is very true today in our history. That is true. So I went over there and I grabbed the book. It's called uh, Off the Rails, Aboard the Crazy Chain in the Blizzard of Oz. Let's go to the next nice. song. All right, dude. Yeah. Little Dolls, track one on side B, track five total. This book is called Off the Rails, Aboard the Crazy Train in the Blizzard of Oz by Rudy Sarzo. A tribute to Randy Rhodes. It's really, you know, it's a tribute to him. Um, just about touring with them and I believe they also didn't they also play together in Quiet Riot? Or Ooh. did Rudy come in later? Rudy was in Quiet Riot, uh, joined Ozzy, and then joined back Quiet Riot. So Rudy and him were not in Quiet Riot at the same time. Yes, they for, were for right. a limited the, amount the, of time. The first, before Randy left. Yes. Okay. Um, I haven't read this book in forever. Um, yeah, dude, this book is killer. It gives a great first-hand account of the tour. What was life on life was like on the road with Ozzy, getting to know Randy Rhodes and all that, dude. It was a quick, easy read. I love this book. It's in paperback. I'll throw up a picture of it on our Instagram. Cool. Um, Next to we'll our Prince out. of Dankness. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. That's the <laughs> book right there. It's got you know, it's got the awesome pictures here. Look at these pictures, dude. Yeah, Randy Rhodes here. Yeah. Soloing. Oh, I just skipped yeah. it. Did I just skip it to the next song? I'm sorry, Yeah, put guys. it back. What are you talking about, Not man? bad, guys. My shoulder hit the... Uh... Let's just go to the next song. Sorry, guys. Okay. Tonight. But yeah, dude. I'll stop fucking around, dude. I'm, I'm messing up the, the show. You know, tonight... Uh, and I'm going to go back to Little Dolls, too. Tonight, uh, about living and surviving on the streets. Um, they were talking about this song being... Um, like maybe someone let out of prison because that's what they kind of thought about it or someone being drunk one night and just saying you know tonight's the night i'm just gonna live or breathe or this is my last night out of of my life type of attitude mm. when they wrote this it's a nice nice little quiet song i um, like this one it's one of my favorites on the energy. album yeah so before you were chit-chatting and doing your little flicker with, of book and, with, and hitting all the equipment and throwing everything all around yeah. the place <laughs> Exactly. Little dolls. I just want to touch up That's on it. That's why I'm done telling you we need to get our own engineer in here, dude. <laughs> I just want to touch up on it. You know, um, they said they were writing that song, and it was about being 
um, under a voodoo doll's curse, Little Dolls was mm-hmm. written about. Um, and it was it's just a great song. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite deep cuts from this yeah. album. I love Little Dolls. The, the, the drumming of it, it was just awesome and shit. Yeah, like that, that song is killer. They're all killer, dude. Yeah. This is a great song. Too. That little bass line in there. Yeah. Same thing. The keyboards. It, it doesn't sound like synthesizers. More like actual, you know, piano type of song. I think it's good. Oh yeah, it's good. You know? Maybe a little bit of synthesizer. Maybe he has. Maybe he's doing a kick too with. If you're playing keyboards, keyboards you're, you got to have at least a couple kicks. <laughs> All right, man. Take me to the Sharon Osbourne song. There we go. S-A-T-O. Me and Chris were talking about it before we started this episode. We were like, well, what did you hear about with this song? What did you hear about it? So, you know, we were being, me and Chris were talking about, you know, this is, this is what I heard. The song was originally called Sailing Around the Ocean, S-A-T-O. Um, when Bob and Lee were not going to be on the album anymore, they, they said the song now is called Sharon Arden Thelma Osborne, which is Sharon's name. And, uh, you know, like he says, before they were... Well, when, it's it's Sharon Arden, who's Sharon, her, but her, his first her, wife... Made a name. His first wife was uh, Thelma Osborne. Oh, I thought that was Sharon's name. Hmm. Oh, shit, man. That's crazy. That's what I read. Yeah, all right. Cool. Um, you know, and, and it, the... Regardless... One, one of the first incarnations of this same title was uh, Strange Voyage was one of the And you know the two things you say about it saying uh, what did you say sailing around the ocean Um, yes sailing around the ocean and and the the, whatever you said the voyage uh, what did you say the the second name for it was not the Sharon Osbourne one the one you just said sailing around the ocean and the other one oh Strange of Voyage those titles make more sense than anything else because when you listen to the words that's exactly what it's about. Yeah, exactly. It's about going or you know, sailing around the ocean. That is, you know, the disaster that can happen and, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, just written into a great song, dude. Love it, dude. Excuse you. So that was rude, Bob. What are we talking about, man? We're drinking some beers. Thank you, Wild Barrel. Um, the lyrics were inspired by a letter written by a Buddhist monk in 1261 called. A ship to cross the sea of suffering. That's right. That was the, um, the book or poem or, you know, the inspiration. I for, like that, dude. That's um, killer. The Aussie are the guys in the band when they wrote this, man. Either way, um, strange voyage, sailing around the ocean. It is what it is. And it's your interpretation of how you want to. Do, do, do. The song's killer, regardless of yeah. where it came and from. I Randy, love it, Randy's, Randy's solo is awesome too, man. Let's go to the All next right, song. Uh, Give it to me. Track eight, title track, which is kind of odd for oh. the title track to be the last song on the album. Oh man, Diary of a Madman. And this song to me is just amazing. It's so just. I don't even know what the word to describe it, dude. It's. Is eclectic the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's just, you got this little beginning here, you know, which you heard at the top of the episode. Um, you know, then it goes into like, just like triumphant kind of sounding thing. And then it breaks back down into the Diary of Madman. Then it builds up again. Then it breaks down again. It's like, okay. Like comes into the, I just, 
Okay. It's all, it's, it's, it's a really, it's an emotional song. When the guys brought this song to Ozzy, he didn't like it. He did not. He was like, what? He, this is, this is a quote from Ozzy. He says, what is this? Do you think I'm uh, Frank Zappa? Like it was just so odd for him to hear and, and play on a song that's just different and crazy and i love it i love this song so yeah. much this song really is just different and stuff like that it's totally different than any of the other stuff and it just shows the songwriting ability and i think it really also showcases his voice a lot more than a lot of the other songs because he's not a lot of the song is not battling against all that's going on right now is a little drum little guitar right that's it it's it's ozzy's being able to sing so through this whole song you're getting everybody's being able to showcase themselves and it's really yeah. good for ozzy to be able to show off his vocals and not having to battle through the greatness that is randy rhodes you know bob also uh talked about when he started to write this he started writing about himself uh in that sense and then he thought you know uh, this is a good title for ozzy because ozzy has a reputation of being a madman of rock and roll and you know, it kind of, it probably took some, they were talking about how Ozzy says, oh, I don't want to sing high and I don't want to sing low and I don't want to sing this. But when they did producing and they and they did some effects and they did this and that, Ozzy was like, wow, this is a rad song. And Randy was, you know, he would play it um, as they're warming up and it just worked. I I can't say enough good about this song. This happened. This probably is one of my favorite Ozzy songs. Yeah. It's a, a super killer way to end this album um, on this, man. This is great. I don't know if you knew this, Chris, but um, on the cover, there's a little boy. I did know it. Did you know that's Ozzy's son? I did know that. From his first marriage. What, Lewis, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, I think Lewis, Lewis is his name. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a creepy cover. That's one of those covers I used to stare at in the record store that I'm always talking about all the time. Like, holy God, what the... Who is this crazy guy? Yeah. You know? But, you know, that, that title was... Diary of a Madman. It was kind of like a library or a, or a, you know, some type of reading room, and it was just craziness. And they have the little boy laugh or giggle, you know, like writing a diary about himself. And it was just, it was just killer, man. Um, you, know? you know, one thing I kind of wanted to bring up that I, that I had read about when I was uh, doing my research. Um, Max Norman was credited for engineering on that first album, but he actually did a lot of the production work on there. And cool. Um, Ozzy, Randy, Bob, and Lee, you know, were the only ones who were credited with producing, but Max Norman goes in credit for a lot of his uh, production work on the uh -huh. first album, Blizzard of Oz. But he gets full credit here on uh, Diary of a Madman for being the producer and still engineer. He engineered both albums. I just want to throw that out there. I think that would definitely, we need to uh, throw that out there. Also, Don Airy was not like credited as being part of the band. He's additional personnel. So he kind of got pushed to the you know side a little bit here. Um so I don't know what that meant. Uh let's talk about the singles. 1982 they were all released. Flying High Again, number 2 on mainstream rock. Um what in Canada it peaked at 33. Yeah. On the RPM 100 singles. I don't know what that is. Then Over the Mountain, Mainstream Rock 38. You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, Mainstream Rock 41. Oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't even know they released a single. No. That's right, man. Uh, the charts for the album itself. Canada peaked at 17. UK, right. 14. US, it peaked at 16. 
And then again in New Zealand in 86, it peaked at 42. So I don't know what's going on there, dude, in New Zealand. If anybody, you know, it's in New Zealand, can kind of let you us know. You know what? Maybe it was a time when Ozzy didn't really travel to New Zealand. And then all of a sudden he was going to go to concert like, hey, I'm going to go. Maybe. You know, this is probably around the time. 86 would have been five years after this. So that so Bark at the Moon or uh, Shot in the Dark. Maybe it was like Shot of the Dark was... was so that, is that Ultimate Sin then? Ultimate Sin, sorry. Ultimate Sin. So maybe he, you know, got a... Going to, hey, we're going to do our first tour in New Zealand. Maybe. And people went crazy. It's possible. Like, it's yeah, possible. Man, no problem. Um, let's go sales. Canada, platinum, 100,000. U.S., three times platinum, three million. Okay. So eight million between these two albums. See, and then it comes to this part right here, the song. Yeah, it's like, just, a, like it's a, a singing story. You're yeah, thinking it's, dude. It's... I don't want to say religiously or like, you know, but it is kind somewhere. of, it's, it's like, ah. it's going beyond the, all the other stuff. It's a way to end the album in a way to just kind of just be so much more different than, than everything else. Dude. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. Um, this album is, you know, when I listened, went back and listened to both of these albums, I really, um, I really enjoyed listening to the diary of a madman dude so much. And it really, you know, I had to re I got to revisit a lot of songs yeah, that I had. Go, there you go. I knew were there, but I forgot and got to revisit them. Just like we've done with like a lot of things like the priest and um, you know, the slaughters and the white lions and you know, not poison because I know all that shit. But a lot of those <laughs> bands, Iron Maiden, even, you know, the Dio. I don't you get you get to revisit like, oh yeah, dude, this song is killer. Like you remember the the big tracks and then you go, You remember the song, but when you hear it, it hits you like, Oh yeah, dude. I I want to say both of these records hit me in a sense of I knew them and I knew them well, but revisiting them, it did give me the sense of like uh, the deep cuts were like, oh yeah, this is why I like this. This is why I do this. Oh yeah. Dude, type stuff dude. like that, man. That was um, awesome. I love it, dude. Um, what a great time we had going back and listening to both of these. Oh man. Killer. Um, Ozzy Osbourne killer, albums. Killer, killer, killer. Um, uh, you know, something I want to talk about right now, quick, just quick. All right, good to me. Do you have the hat with the with the years in it? Yes, I we do. Gotta, we got yes, to pull, pull it out. We got to pull it out. Hold on. I got to add. Where is, where is it? It's right here. Okay, here we go. Let me pull it out. All right, here we go. 1992. Oh, that's good year, the dude. 90s now, dude. All right, we haven't man. done All much right. 90s. No, so. no, no, no. This is, this is killer. I next, like that. Next one's going to be 92. We're gonna next do, we're one gonna, or the next time well, we do a year the, review? The next time we do a year in review will be 92. Okay, cool. And and, and I can't wait. Um, same thing. Music, movies, TV, events. Um, we'll talk a little wrestling that happened in 92. Uh, I can't wait, dude. It's going to be killer, dude. All it's right. going to be killer. All right. Sounds good, man. I like it. All right. So um, as a treat to end with you guys, I was fooling around with Chris and I sent him this where Pat Boone, yes, the crooner from the, I'm going to say the 40s, decided to do a metal album. What is it, like 10 years ago? Uh, 20 years ago? 97. 97. Decided to do a cover of all these rock and roll heavy metal hits and... We looked on there and we saw that Ozzy did a co uh, he did a cover of Crazy Train from Ozzy Osbourne, and we thought this was a great way to send off our episode with Pat Boone cover of Crazy Train. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to it a little bit, guys, and then we're gonna say goodbye. But 
thank you for the Naked Nation for hanging out with us, for listening to this fun episode, for enjoying, uh, for letting us enjoy some thank of this. Thank you, Wild Barrel Brewing Company. For this killer, killer Prince, Prince of, dankness. of Dankness, man. Yeah. We definitely need to retravel on this. What's going on with Pat Boone right there, man? I don't know, dude. He's probably saying, here he comes. All right. Let me get my jacket, my smoking jacket. It's not too late. All right, take us out, Greg. All right, so this is Big Talk with Chris and Greg Podcast. See ya. Life's a bitter shame. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. I'm going.